The show's about to start. Are you ready? to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, Jeff Trumpel, the Iceman. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio. Home, Hootay Nation, baby. And like I've been saying all week, it's draft Great uh, show for you today. And if you just noticed, I'm having issues with the internet because we got weather going on. So bear with me if it drops in and out. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hope it gets better. Now, this show and every show is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys, if you found the show, do me a favor, hit that like and subscribe button, smash that thumbs up. I'm at 1,040 subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now, today, we have somebody who we've missed all week, and he's none other than Jeremy Dimebag. Well, not known as Dimebag. Dean, he's back. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you uh, for that wonderful announcement. We'll still bring <laughs> up the Dimebag, but then taking it back. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Hey, hey, hey. I, I got to give you credit for your name, you know? You know? You know <laughs> Everybody knows you. We're just starting to call you Dimebag. You don't even be Jeremy anymore. You're just Dimebag. Oh, my gosh. I do that. I'll just go <laughs> jump off the cliff into the river and be done with it. Okay. All right. I'm going to talk to you. Let's get to, let's get to our special guest today. Yeah. Did it play it? <laughs> Hello. Are you guys there? They're there. Oh, okay. Good. I, I hit the uh, I hit the thing to play the uh, intro. <laughs> can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you guys hear me? Uh, what's up, Kinda. guys? Are you there? Yeah, we're here. Yeah. All right. I can oh, hear you. Right. How are you guys doing? Did, did you Good. like the little light display? The, I, I was wondering what that was. Yeah, 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 yeah a little strobe, you know. You, 
we got the guys with us with the know? intro screen. I love it. I love it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Anthony, I hit, I, to the aid. Thank you, brother. I hit the, I hit the intro screen and then I'm like, I don't even, like I said, my internet is not working with me right now and I couldn't see anything. I'm like, did it play it or not? <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway. No, it was good. Okay. Yep. I'm perfect. Glad, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you guys are able to join the show. And John, that's off to you. Like the hat, or not, John Anthony. Sorry, wrong person. Yes, yes. We're, we're, we're twinning. We're we said that before. Exactly. Yeah, before we kicked off yeah. here. Yours, yours is a little more stylish than mine, well, given the bill well, shape. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't do the. Uh... Oh, look, see, we spill no, spare no expense here with. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, just saying. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Dude, hey, we, we roll out the red carpet for you guys when, when you come on here. We <laughs> notice right. like black Sharpie good. pens. I mean, I love it. It, it looks good. <laughs> exactly. Black Sharpie pens. All right. So it is draft eve. Now, we've been talking for months here. You know, Chase versus Soul, Soul versus Chase, yada, yada, yada. All right. On draft eve, I'd like both of you to make your case for which way do you think the Bengals would go first? And, John, Anthony, when do you go first? I, I don't care which one. <laughs> I, I lean to my elder. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Oh, look at that. The age before beauty thing, huh? Uh, so are you, are you, are you saying what, what I think the Bengals will do or what I would prefer them to do? A little bit of both. What are, what, what are we? What do, you, what, do you, what do you want them to do? What, which way do you, do you lean? Do you lean toward Chase or do you lean toward school? Well, I it's a it's a really tough call. I like I like the three premier blue chip guys that they probably have their uh, will will probably be available to them if they stick at number five, which would be Panay Sewell, uh, Jamar Chase, and Kyle Pitts. I mean, I, I personally I just I don't know. I guess I'm a little bit more old school mentality, and I've I've seen a lot of Panay Sewell, so I really really like that player. I really think that he's got a bright future in the NFL. I think by a very slim margin, I would say I I go with the offensive lineman over Jamar Chase, but I really like the idea of Jamar Chase joining joining the team as well in that receiver crew. Um, I, still, I I know he's not really a big possibility because we keep, we say Team Chase, Team Sewell. I still right. really like the idea of Kyle Pitts. I still really like the idea of the team drafting Kyle Pitts, and I don't think of him as just a tight end. John knows this. I, I call him a flex because you can do a lot of different things with him. He's a mismatch nightmare. I kind of wish he was more realistically in the discussion for this team and they kind of had an innovative idea how to use him. But, uh, you know, I, I think they're in a good spot. I think they've got a chance to draft, uh, you know, a really good football player. I think maybe by a hair, I've got Panay Sewell over, over Chase for a personal standpoint, mm-hmm. but I mean, I mm-hmm. really, really like Jamar Chase too. Okay. All right, John, you're up. You uh team, uh, team Not Chase up. or team Sewell? It feels weird because I feel like we all knew about Sewell, like, or we've known about him and his connection to the Bengals a lot longer. And then I feel like Chase kind of came up. It, it was like we knew who Jamar Chase was because he played with Joe Burrow, but it never became like a realistic possibility because we didn't know if they were going to draft that high or if, if they were going to pick that high. And then we didn't know if they were actually going to move on from look, looking at another position besides an offensive tackle with that pick. And it just became, you know, what it is now. And it's been the whole discussion. But I, I still remember when it was, it was Penny Sewell versus like Rashawn Slater because we were convinced right. that they were going offensive linemen. Um, so it's been a whole crazy weird process. And I 100% understand if they go either way. But I do understand with the way that they structured and they orchestrated their offseason this year and really purposely left a hole at receiver to replace A.J. Green. It just makes all the sense in the world to take the best receiver to come out of – 
of the draft in the last handful of years. But going back to Anthony's point with Pitts, like I think if I were to make a board, Pitts would probably be higher on that board just because he's just like probably the most the most safest non-quarterback in this draft. And you just know that he's going to be a really, really good player at a position that it's it's a luxury to have that type of player. And there's only a handful of guys in, in the entire league that's like him. Right. So I feel like if Pitts were a legitimate option, he would almost be my preference because that's just how I feel about him. But knowing who Chase is, knowing that they're going to have a plan to implement <laughs> him really early in the offense, like that, I guess, is where my support for Chase co- goes over Sewell, even though I think the world of Panay Sewell and he's going to be really good. And there's nothing against him. It's just a matter of what they did, what they have done this offseason. And I guess I think Chase is still maybe slightly higher because I just think he's more of a safer player and maybe a, a better overall player as well as a prospect. You know what, Jeremy? That's that. Both of those are great points um, and views. You know, myself, I have been team chase the whole way. I mean, you know, everybody that's commenting, everybody that'll watch that or tell you, "Ah, Jeremy wants chase." I, I kind of agree with what you said, Anthony. Where there's a hair. You know what I mean? I've went from a a full grown like Saint Bernard right after you shaved it to, to just one little hair, you know. And and the reason I got to thinking about that the other day, you know, it's it's funny how fast we forget about last year and how bad our line was. We brought mm-hmm. in Riley oh, Reed. Interesting. Keep going. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just saying we brought in Riley Reed. No, no, keep going. One guy. Yeah, I'm just saying right. one. Older, older guy, mm-hmm. and you know, I got to thinking back in the Elway Marino uh, era. If you had a good quarterback, you had a, a great wide receiver or two really good wide receivers. It doesn't matter, or a great one and a decent one, or whatever. And you had a good tight end and a good offensive line. You were winning games. I mean, you, that, that's how you won. And I I started thinking the other day, am I starting to get a little bit selfish here after I know these guys are going to kill me because I killed this line all year. And for me to say, you know, like I have been chase, 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 is kind of against what I've said. And – I am literally at that hair with you. I'm not going to be mad either way because I do know it takes an offensive line. I've seen the stick figure. Have you guys seen the stick figure uh, post somebody put up? <laughs> Joe Burrow yeah, throwing yeah. the ball. Yeah, he, yeah. You know, and then he's on the ground because you don't have a line. You know, it, it, it's kind of like that. But I don't know how you guys feel about it, but just kind of in the past, it feels like that was a good offense to have. If you had two really good Actually, I think we got two great wide receivers uh, eventually. Um, T. Higgins will, or t- will turn into that. But um, that's why I'm so caught in the middle. And I'm with you 100% on it. I just I wish we could say, this guy, no doubt about it. Let's go Bengals. But Jeremy, Jeremy just wants to draft both of them. And uh, you, you can't. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't we all? I, I just don't think there's a wrong. I don't think there's a wrong answer. I really I mean. Right. I, like that, you know, there's there's team chase, and that's why I really haven't been like 
really in one personally, I haven't really been in one camp because I'd be happy with either guy personally. Nice. I mean, I think, and, and the thing is with both of them, and I know John uh, has some points about them too, but the thing is with either guy, we've talked about this on our show, they remedy issues right away and they remedy issues long-term that have been plaguing the team. Jamar Chase, he provides a deep threat. He, he provides contested catchability. He can help you out in the red zone. He does a lot of different things that have been issues for the team. Panay Sewell, he helps protecting the quarterback. He'll bring stability and balance and hopefully get the run game, help get the run game back on track. And I know that the Bengals brought in Riley Reef. They brought back Quentin Spain, and that helps this year. But there are there is a little bit of a lack of long-term answers along the offensive line as well. So, you know, even if I, I would think, pick five, you got to get them out there and you got to play them right away, especially with this right. young team yeah. that's rebuilding, whichever yeah. guy you choose. But, you know, I think also there there is a little bit more of a long-term answer. But, I mean, that's why I I, I haven't really, you know, dove in head first on either guy because I, I, I think they're both great players and could, could remedy a lot of immediate issues for the team. I see it like yeah. this, where, like, the debate the, the, the itself has taken on a new life because of – what people have used in order to support their sides. Whereas it's like, if it was just a very reasonable, like in sound debate and like, Oh, like, you know, this position's more valuable than this position and this player is this and whatnot. It would be a lot more of a productive conversation, but it devolved into, if you don't take Penny Sewell, Joe Burrow is going to die. (laughs) It's just, it's just been these lazy narratives and whatnot. And I feel like that in itself has made me go more to chase almost out of like spite and like petty of these baseless <laughs> arguments. Well, it, it sounds weird, yeah. but it, it's it's yeah, almost true. Yeah. Like, and I feel like it like that has kept it interesting. That's what's kept it have, mm-hmm. having life for like a month now. And if it wasn't like that, it wouldn't be like this type of conversation. Oh. And I feel yeah. like that is almost like like almost made my side for me because like I don't want to side with these unreasonable hacks. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've I've gotten I won't say in arguments, but on Twitter I've gone back and forth with people like and that their their point is well and, and somebody tweeted out the picture of Joe Burrow's knee with a scar on his knee and I tweeted back at him the picture of you know where Joe's sitting there and he says if you don't have scars or however but those scars are worth uh uh from or reflecting from or whatever. He put it out on, on Instagram. I can't remember the quote, but I came back at that. Scars. Yeah. Yeah. So, but my 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 point is, and I, I agree with you. That that's the part where I'm trying to get through people's head is, if just because we don't draft Panay Sewell doesn't mean Joe Burrow's going to die. It doesn't mean that. I mean, you could get a good uh, one in the second round. The part that's scaring me now is I finally did a mock draft and about five times, and every single time I did it in the second round, Cosby or Crosby and and Leatherwood were not there, and that was like. Oh man. <laughs> so that's the, that's the only fear that I have is because I kept saying that one of those guys are probably going to be there in a the second round. So if Leatherwood, if uh, Cosby, Cosby, how say his name is, if those guys are not there, what we're, and they take chase in the first round, what's the next best guy. And can that guy plug and play at guard? If those two are gone. I'm going to let so, John go first. He put a good article on Cincy jungle on this one. Yeah, so like Le- Le- Leatherwood and Cosme, I think, are the two prominent names because they tested really well at their pro days. Like they played at big schools. They have the, the ability to play guard, even though they played mostly tackle in college. But I think the whole point is that it, it's not just those two names, right? And it's not just Panay Sewell in this class. Like I, I think gr- Grinding the Mocks, which is a website by Benjamin Robinson, it does a great job 
of outlining where players are being mocked all over the internet. And it gives you a great um, t- type of overall picture about where players will end up actually going to the draft. There's a strong correlation with where they're being mocked and where they actually end up going. And just the second and third round is just bonkersly filled with offensive linemen. And, and for good reason, like there's that the, it's not just being called a historically deep class just for nothing. Like there are many quality starters that you can find in the second and third round, I think be, beyond just the Cosmies and the Leatherwoods, you have Dylan Redunds out of North Dakota State. You have Liam Eichenberg out of Notre Dame. Like Wyatt Davis can somehow re-enter the conversation sometime on day two. I, I think, um, like, I know Dave Lapham named drive Walker Little out of Stanford. He might be more like a round three type of option. Um, but, but, like, I, I think, like, Redunds and Eichenberg, those would be, like, your your two most likely and, and realistic options outside of the Cosmies and the Leatherwoods. And we haven't really heard those two names anyways, like attached or associated with the Bengals. I don't think they, I don't remember if Frank Ragnall um, visited them on their pro days and worked them out or, or anything like that. But um, it, you can't ignore when Dave Lappin's saying, you know, offensive lineman names because those that's right. usually correlates to what the team likes as well. So there are just, there are just oodles of, there's oodles of, of names for the uh, for offensive linemen that they can draft in the second. We even got to like the, the mainly interior guys and the Creed Humphreys and the Quinn Miners is, and, um, uh, there's one that's, that's escaping my brain at the moment, but it's it's more than just a, a handful of options that people are consistently mocking them because those guys could end up going in the first round. Probably Ben Cleveland was was yeah, maybe yeah. one you were thinking ben of, John. Um, yeah. it, it, look, I know I know this is a different coaching staff than Marvin Lewis and Paul Alexander. That you know when they when they got offensive linemen, they like to maximize roster spots by getting guys who who have guard tackle flexibility, right? That's what they they that coaching staff really liked. That I still think there's a little bit of a carryover in philosophy here, and especially now with you know a, a developmental tackle type of situation and a right guard opening. So I, I think some of the names you guys mentioned all make a lot of sense. Uh, two that John mentioned just really have been intriguing me of late. Eichenberg is one. Uh, you know, we did a, a prospect profile on our show about him, and that's up on Cincy Jungle as well. Just the more I watch him, he's just steady, right? Just a steady right. player. The short arms kind of worries uh, worries me and worries a lot of people as well. But he's just steady. His film's pretty good. He's just – and his athletic profile is maybe a little better than some people think. Um, if you go go look at at Math Bomb on Twitter, uh, Kent Lee Platt, he does the RAS scores of, of a lot of players. And his profile is maybe a little bit more athletic than some people think, but just a solid player. And John mentioned his name as well. Walker Little out of Stanford, just a guy that's really, really intriguing me of late just because there's not a lot of tape, highly touted guy, a lot of talent. Um, I think he got hurt on the first play of 2019 or first game of 2019. Game. Ended, yeah, uh, got got blew out a knee there. And then, you know, Stanford and, and he did not really play last year. So there's just limited film, but a lot of talent there. I don't know that there's as much guard tackle flexibility maybe with with those two guys as maybe a Cosme, a Leatherwood, that sort of thing. But, you know, I think that those are two, you know, guys that you can groom in the next couple of years. And, and maybe you're getting va- more value that way than a Sewell at five. Um, because, you know, you've used a second-round pick, a third-round pick, if those guys are sitting there. Right, exactly. That's true. Hey, uh, John, Cripp's got a, a question for you here in the chat. He said, hey, John, did you ask Elizabeth who she liked in the draft? No. <laughs> did not, because I feel like if I did, she would actually give me an answer, and she didn't want to spoil anything. So, <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, I got another cl- question here from William House. He said, I heard rumors that the Lions want to move up to four to get chased. I've heard, too. I mean, the Lions are desperate to get a, a wide receiver, and 
I, I don't I don't know if they got enough. Do you think they have enough to get up there to to, to take make it you know entice for Atlanta to give up on pits to you know to take for them to take chase instead of us? So the the Lions do have picks from the Matthew Stafford trade, but you have to think like like that whole team is just in a terrible right. shape right now. Like they're right. not going anywhere with Jared Goff, and they might be favorites to be picked number one next year. So it, it, it seems odd, like even looking at the receiver room, it's like Tyrell Williams and no one else. So like you, you have to figure they're going to draft a receiver early in this class. Um, but it, it does seem like odd that they would be willing to mortgage some of their future for a non quarterback, especially with just how bad the rest of their team is. But that, that, that should tell you that, you know, the lines are not expecting at all for chase to drop to them. And, you know, like, if Atlanta is not willing to move off that spot for what I assume would be just like high day two picks, then Atlanta is right. probably pretty content with staying there and taking either a quarterback or Kyle Pitts. So like that was very, that was very intriguing, but it makes sense why that trade didn't happen because you rarely see trades moving into the top five for like not quarterbacks. Yeah. Now, lions how, aren't how good. Anthony, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I just said, yeah, lions aren't moving up for, for Pitts. We know that because they, they drafted Hawkinson, I think a couple of years ago. And then, but this to, to John's point, I mean, just something I, I think they may be desperate to move up for a guy like chase because they lost Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay in the same off season here. So they have, they have to John's point, they've got very minimal talent there. So they, they may be trying to get some sort of Godfather deal to move up and get a player like that. I don't, I know they're trying. Uh, it's going to be a very, very crazy and wild top 10. I think, you know, teams are trying to get in. We saw a Bridgewater trade earlier and all kinds of different stuff. So it's going to be pretty wild, especially at pick four, because that's kind of the wild card of of that, right. that top five there. Well, to me, that that's where the draft starts is is, is four. What what does Atlanta do? And I still think that, and I've been saying this for a while. I think there's a good chance that they might take one of these quarterbacks. And if they do, then the Bengals, you know, are going to be able to pick the best player in the draft that's not a quarterback. You know, I know people say, well, you know, uh, Matty Ice is still on contract. They owe him a lot of money. I'm like, yeah, but. People really like these four quarterbacks. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that like. It. And next year, there's not that many quarterbacks. And the year after that, I'm, I'm not so sure. But I, I haven't looked that far. I know next year there's not a lot. So, and when you have a chance to get a quote unquote potential franchise quarterback, you know that you like, and he's under the rookie contract, that's what everybody wants. So that's where I'm still throwing out there. Atlanta might take a quarterback. I don't know. And, and you know, with me. I, I don't mean to change it from the quarterbacks, just mainly because we all know kind of what's going to happen in the first couple picks, okay, with quarterbacks. But my question to you guys for this draft is the edge rushers. You know, Ohio State, don't want to, you know, two. To my own horn. See, Jeremy, and my own always got to bring Ohio State up. Uh, no, no. Well, Ohio State did it. Uh, Not tooting my own score, nothing like that. Just, (laughs) hey, you know, uh, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, Chase Young, those type of guys, okay? And when we get to the point where we're going to need to take one, I mean, I I believe you guys agree, you know, we're probably going to have to take some sort of an edge rusher in this draft at some point. Um. Where do you guys think that might be, and who do you think we may take? I mean, it's it it's not as up to, you know, the Joey Bosa, Chase Young. We don't really have exa- – we got Micah Parsons, guys like that. But 
how do you guys feel about, you know, the Bengals adding to their pass rush in the draft as well? Since we spent all of our money almost, almost in the defensive backfield, um, rewiring, I guess you could say, um, what we did last year. So that's what I was kind of wondering from you guys as edge rusher um, goes. I think it's a big need. Uh, I I just, you know, I, I know I, I like Trey Hendrickson, and I think I like that deal maybe a little bit more than some others did. Um, you know, expensive deal. I would have loved it if they were able to get him somehow and keep Carl Lawson. Then you've got him and another Ohio State guy, Sam Hubbard, yep. in the rotation. You've got nice, you know, three pretty nice edge players there. But there is a lacking of a second, you know, solid edge player. I think Khalid Kareem is a movable piece. That they that will probably continue to grow, maybe maybe more interior kind of pass rush stuff, and then kick out every once in a while on, on the edge. But I, I think they're in need of a true edge talent now that you've got Lawson gone, Dunlap gone. Um, you know they're they're going to need an edge talent. May, they may shock people and go chase at five, and then edge player at number two uh, in round two. They may they may wait till the third round or later. Um, they they tend to like certain position groups. They've more than more than we do on the outside so uh you know they've they've proven that time and time again and you know i want to let john talk on it too but uh i i think it's it's a pretty big position of need and i think you could see it as early as round two and it kind of just depends on who's all there right i mean who who falls to them in that with that second round pick and what they do at number five but i i think by the end of night two that i i would hope that that is that is addressed if it's not a reach at that point Right. It's, it's such an interesting topic because we're talking about a position where they spent, they they made their biggest free agent signing in team history on it, and they're about to make another sizable investment in Sam Hubbard. And you're thinking to yourself, those two just aren't enough. But you're investing over like a hundred million in both of them. It's it's just an interesting dynamic with that because they do still need help, and that just tells you how bad it was last year with Carl Lawson trying to make magic out of nothing and having nothing really to show for it. So. Like I think in their mind, they would like to leave it no later than round four without an, without an edge. I feel like round four would be like the, the latest they would go without taking one. And at that point, you have guys like I think Patrick Jones and Janarius Robinson from Florida State as guys t- to watch out for. I think Jones was a team captain at Pitt, and he was pretty productive. And Robinson tested really well. And I think the Bengals worked him out at his pro day. A guy that I am interested to see if they would take him at the top of the second round is Aziz Olajari from from Georgia, who I mean, just destroyed UC in the Peach Bowl, especially when James Hudson was was out of the game because of his shenanigans. But I think I think Aziz is dealing with like a knee injury, which is why he may fall out of the first round. And at that point, like the Bengals are still drafting at the top of the second round, they have to be thinking to themselves, you know, there's a possibility that we have a guy that's graded in the first round fall to us, and even if he's not an offensive lineman, you have to consider that. But also, he's only there because He's got a knee issue, and you don't know. I mean, obviously, right. no one should trust the Bengals with their medicals and whatnot. So, like that, that's an interesting situation to watch for. How far does he fall? Does he actually get past the Bengals? Because if they're confident in his knee and they like him more than any other offensive lineman, I think that is something that would greatly interest them. But I guess, but Jeremy, but it, it's interesting that Jeremy mentioned Ohio State and, and their edge rushers when the first edge rusher in this class is probably going to be from Michigan, Quiddy Pay. And if he if he somehow made it to round two, I think that would be all over that. But it doesn't seem like he's going to make it out of like the top sixteen. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a question here from Twitter, and so I want to get this up there. 
Uh, are you guys still in favor of trading back in the second at all? Like it's tra- trading back in the second round. I would be. I mean, depends on what, what's there, what's the offer, but I would be in favor. What, what do you guys think? Um. So, the, I mean, they did it three years in a row, and then they stopped after they took Drew Sample, what I hope is by mistake. Um, <laughs> and, like, it, it used to just be a thing, right? Like, they, they landed Joe Mixon, they landed Jesse Bates, and then, you know, they, they tried again offensive line in 2019, traded back, they took a tight end, who wasn't projected yeah. to go into the fourth round. Um, and then they didn't do it last year because they just had T Higgins kind of fall into their laps. Now you're thinking this year, it makes sense. Again, they only have eight picks. You think they'd like to get more and they're in a good spot where a team could trade up for a a player that they had great in the first round. But at the same time, you know, that's probably going to be an offensive lineman that they pick and they want to take the best one available. So it would take something more than just the traditional haul of like a fourth rounder, maybe a fifth to to get them to move off of that spot. So it makes sense, but also considering that they would be in desperate need to get an offensive lineman if they like one there, it, it seems it, it's hard. It's hard to see them moving off of that spot unless it's a really good offer. It depends right. who's there. Who's I mean, inevitably, everybody thinks that all these guys are going to be gone by the time their team gets on the clock. And inevitably, there are one guy to three guys, five guys that end up mysteriously right. being. I remember Josh Jones last year, the the yeah. tackle from Houston who, who lasted what well what into the third round or something. So and everybody wanted him, you know, for the Bengals at the top of the second, and including myself. I thought he was a talented guy, but you know, I I, I think it depends on the offer that's on the table and mm-hmm. and who is left on uh on the board because conceivably guys in the first you know you could say within their first five picks you could be looking at two two offensive linemen two wide receivers potentially and an edge rusher if i mean they lost three wide receivers out of the out of that group in free agency this year so i mean if if, and at some point you know you got to be you're you're picking later uh, you know you're talking Mm -hmm. you know fourth round, fifth round to get some of these guys. If you're able to get maybe another third or something like that, and you're able to get one of these guys that's still higher up on your board, maybe that makes sense. I I still, you know, we've seen them to John's point. We've seen them move back a number of times and they think because a lot of guys are still left on the board and a lot of the players that they want, they get, they get leapfrogged. Right. And then the guys, I go back to that draft with like Cody Ford and uh, uh, yeah, Orlando Brown, you know, all yeah. these guys, and they moved back. I think it was the Drew Sample draft, was it not? Um, yeah, they moved so. back. Yeah, they they, yeah. they, uh, the the kid who got drafted by Denver, I really liked his name, uh, escapes me at the moment. But um, Kansas State offensive lineman, if you remember. Him, isn't it? Yes, thank you. Uh, you know, there, there were a number of different players there that they probably felt like, hey, we can move back and get one of these guys, and lo and behold, those guys are gone. Um, I, I would almost rather – I mean – if they say they go Jamar Chase at five, and all of a sudden there's a, you know a premier offensive lineman that happens to be sitting there in the in the mid twenties or something, maybe you package a deal and, and move up to get someone, maybe like an Elijah Vera Tucker if he somehow slides. If there's someone else that that comes up that's a good offensive lineman that can give you guard tackle flexibility, maybe you, you package that and get another kind of premier player and move up. I don't know, but um, unfortunately, I just think it's kind of a dependent situation. Who's there? what's the deal on the table and, and does it make sense? Exactly. All right. About six o'clock here. I like to bring, bring this up. Just let everybody know what you're watching. You're watching sports with strawberry ice here on YouTube. I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I got the guys from the orange and black insider podcast, John Sheeran and Anthony Kazenza. You guys can follow them on Twitter and, uh, 
watch out, check out their uh, podcast. You guys are uh, Anthony does the water cooler talk, and John, you're on with him. You guys switched nights, didn't you? Or are you on the same night? Are you still Wednesday nights, or did you guys switch nights? We're still Wednesday night, so we do the Monday uh, the we the water cooler chat, kind of a hokey name, but uh, we we do it just kind of talking sports around the virtual virtual office, I guess, and um, just kind of run through some headlines, kind of a little quicker show. John and I do kind of a deep dive analysis and and player profile, all kinds of different stuff, interviews on uh, Wednesday, and then a couple times a month on Fridays we do listener questions where people can kind of field us questions or send us questions. We field those and answer those uh, live on the air too. So we kind of do a couple of different things. We we're normally, you know, the Wednesday show is kind of the flagship one and you know, it's fortunately and unfortunately we've had some kind of cool interviews of late Mike Daniels, yeah. Richard Webb and others. Um, but you know, those guys. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, you know, we, we, we tried to accommodate their schedule. They couldn't do our normal Wednesday. So, but we wanted to make sure that there was, yeah. those were live shows, but mo- most, most of the time we are john and i are live on wednesday nights good deal hey i get a question for you guys have you done your own everybody's into this now and for for me i i i can't get into it it's on tv every day nfl networking you know maybe i'm too old school but have you guys done a mock draft A, a mock draft have you guys done your own mock drafts that you feel like, good like, about like, or decent? Yeah, just a random mock draft, like PFF or just anyone or your own, whatever. I just wonder if you guys have kind of a a little uh, piece of paper in the background where you go, nah, I was pretty sure he was going to take this guy. Or, or we were going to take this guy, or whatever. Um, do you guys have any mock drafts out there? Are you guys making any? Um, just wondering, because me and Jeff aren't really into the whole mock draft thing, but we had to make one, so we I'm wanted still working to- on mine. I don't like yeah. how mine turned out, but go ahead. <laughs> who, 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 made, who made you make it? Like, why do you, why'd you have to make one? I've got no. We, we, we I'm kidding about them making us make it, but we made one, and I was just seeing if you guys had made one for yourselves and if you wouldn't care to share it with us live in front of our viewers if you don't want to i understand i understand completely look at that but just checking (laughs) just checking to see if you guys done anything we have done we have done live mocks on our show we've done i think i think two of them this off season i knew that see i I listened to your show i I already knew the answer to this but uh, but, whatever (laughs) <laughs> I ain't got all day long to listen. I'll be, to this, okay? I'll be the uh, the 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 teaser here. I, we might do something similar to that on our show a little bit later tonight. So we'll we'll figure something out with that. John and I are going to chat about that. But I mean, I think we all kind of tinker. I, I mean, at least I do a couple times with the PFF and the, yeah. the, the little mocks that you can do on on your phone and and whatnot. You know, I, I kind of also have played with some scenarios like, okay, what's a draft with Sewell look like? Right. Mm-hmm. And the next few picks there that and some of the names that you think will be there in the next couple of rounds. And then what is what does a draft with Chase look like? And I've, I, I mean, earlier in the process, I, I did, a, you know, just in my own mind's eye, I did some with with Pitts, you know, going that route and, and going from there. So, okay. um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have a specific one necessarily to share, but we do have some that we've put up. We don't do a, a bunch of them on our show, just so not to over inundate. But uh, right. I, I think we'll be probably putting out something tonight uh, that that'll be 
akin to that. So um, I guess that'll be a little bit of a, a cliffhanger teaser to say, tune in and, and find so out. We'll, there you go. We'll all need to watch. <laughs> okay. Right, right. Watching. So yeah, I did. I did my first. Uh, I, I don't. I, I don't get into. It. I did my first. Oh, one what today. was yours? Like, your guys? Oh Lord. Oh well. Did, see, like I said, I, do, I did like four of them today, and I didn't like any of them. That's why I didn't copy any of them. I, already, <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't me off. I couldn't. I couldn't get the offensive lineman. I wanted the second round. I'm like, damn it! I've been talking about this for months, and he's not. And neither one of them are freaking there. I'm like, ah. Well, that's no. the thing, you know. <laughs> it's not supposed to change on you. It's just, hey, this is who you got, man. You know, I mean, um, I, I'm a little. Yeah, you know what? I, I'll give you guys mine. Mine, mine don't matter. Nobody, I guess, nobody's matter. Mine definitely doesn't matter. That's um, for sure. Shit, look who's talking, guys. <laughs> Anyways, I mean. Um, and, uh, <laughs> no, this is come on, this come, is, on come on, fun, Bobby. Get is, to it. I, I, I can see John over there, like, this guy's a no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll play. <laughs> uh, we have a ton of fun, dude. Um, he, okay, I did go Jamar, you know, Chase. Okay, there's there's that hair. I did this six you days. You also got ago. Leatherwood on your you got Leatherwood in your second round. I can't get him. That's why I'm like, this sucks. I got. So. Yes, he he did fall, and then in my third round, um, Jamin Davis. I live in Alabama. You, um, I think, I don't know if you knew that, John, but I think you did, Anthony, when you I, came on. I knew that. Yeah, um, I can see so your clocks in Central Time behind you. I live in a van down by the river in Alabama. <laughs> down in the van. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> uh, so I got Jamin Davis. You know, I felt like that was a pretty good pick in the third linebacker. He can he can move. He's then uh, you know of course Kendrick Green. Um, he was there in the fifth. Um, Stone Forsyth was there. Um, Chauncey Golston, edge rusher out of Iowa. You know we've got to watch Iowa play quite a bit of football and mm-hmm. the guy. You know hey. In the sixth round, whatever. And then I've got a guy for you, Georgia fan. Uh, we've got Georgia fans that love to blow Jeff up over Bearcats, and they love that's, to kill that's me. because we just about kicked their ass. Okay, let's just get it out there. We we, we, we almost won. Okay, we gave them a better game than they thought we were going to. Yeah, they, well, <laughs> they didn't play the Buckeyes and get squashed like they thought. So, so, but the Bearcats almost laid it on them, almost. But for you, for you Georgia fans out there. My la- my last one is you know a guy that you guys probably have heard of, I know you've heard of him is um, Malik Herring. He's uh he's just that athletic defensive pass rusher safety linebacker combo almost. It's it's he he but he's always around the ball. Every time I would watch Alabama play or LSU play Georgia. The kid was around the ball. So I took him at my last one. That's it. It, it don't mean nothing. Um, like I, I said, you, you guys I found got- a couple that I did a few weeks ago from PFF. I guess I could share those. Just kind of some there- fun ones that I thought were interesting. So the Pitts route was Kyle Pitts, Samuel Cosme, Peyton Turner, uh, and Milton Williams were kind of the first four picks there. Milton Williams, the defensive lineman out of Louisiana Tech. Exactly. Um, the chase route, I went Jamar Chase, Tevin Jenkins, Creed Humphrey, and Milton Williams there. And then Tommy Tremble was um, the tight end out of Notre Dame, was the fifth-round pick there. 
Uh, I, I think I was really obsessed with doing some Kyle Pitts ones there. Uh, have a couple there. You uh, like Houston Pitts. I, I did. I did. Sewell. Yeah, I know. I did. Panay Sewell, Azizo, Jolari, Brevin Jordan, the tight end out of Miami. He's, he's interesting to me. Okay. And then Josh Palmer, uh, the wide receiver out of Tennessee. And then oh. I took. I actually took a uh, Khalil Herbert, the Virginia Tech running back. I took him in the fifth. So, you know, another one I, I think that I liked the most uh, was Jamar Chase, Walker Little. And then I, I actually took – Amon Ross St. Brown, the wide receiver out of USC in the third round. Right. And then I took Brady Christensen, the BYU tackle in the fourth and Kendrick Green in the fifth. So those are a couple yeah. that I that I came up with. Um, Kendrick, Kendrick Green again. Two weeks ago, about. though. So rankings could have. Yeah, that's why that's why I can't get Leatherwood in the second round now. It changes. Well, let's uh, let's get to some of the questions here in the I chat. I do like Josh Palmer, keeps... though. I do like that pick. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jennifer wants to know, what about kicker? Do we draft one? Or get one of the free agent because we let Fat Randy go and Cyber is I don't think is the answer. I know well, I was talking with a Goodberry yesterday and he he thinks they should draft the you know one of the Florida guys either, either the kicker out of Miami or the one out of Florida uh, if they're there. What what are you guys thoughts on that? You guys got the info. Uh, I'll make a prediction. I think they draft the Florida kicker in the sixth round. There you go. Like uh, like I think like there's a there's a common train of thought that you just shouldn't draft kickers, but this. This team drafted Jake Elliott in the fifth round. Right. So there's at least precedent for them investing in that spot when they know that they need one. And uh, yes. I believe I believe I believe Malik Wright said that they would they would draft a kicker like they they're going to. And I don't I don't, I don't think they're gonna wait until the seventh round to do it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I disagree. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they're gonna take a kicker out because it is it is a, a need that they need a kicker. <laughs> like I wouldn't go into the to the uh to the season with what we have and, and guys off the street usually aren't you know the best and William House wants to know if we are a surpri- surprise that the Bengals did not pick up Billy Price's fifth year I'm not is that, uh, is that a real question yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all like, I, I wasn't we were just at all that happened weren't we just talking about him maybe starting though here about four months ago when uh, we didn't know Hopkins well, may he, make it back he had to start we didn't have anybody else I know I know it's so scary <laughs> like it 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 worries you, you know, these things roll in your head at night. If you're a Bengal fan and you've been a Bengal fan for 40 years, it's just, I don't know. Like maybe you start, maybe I need to start thinking about my girlfriend or my dogs feeding them better. I don't know, but I'm a Bengal fan, man. That's who I am. You don't have a girlfriend. All you have is dogs. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you make it so easy, Jerry. Now she's going to blow this thing up. All right. Good job. (laughs) I'm kidding. Kidding. Uh, I'm uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised by that. Um, yeah, I, not not, not at Jeremy's situation oh, that he's talking about. You. I'm talking about Billy Price. No, 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 no we, been, we know you're better, bro. We, no, we know you're talking about. That was low key oh, savage. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mean that. I did. We lose Jeff there. I think we left lost Jeff. I guess, I guess Jeff thought you might have been talking about him, not me. Oh, yeah, okay, that's why he got booted. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> Yeah, I you know, unfortunately Billy Price just hasn't panned out the way that um the team had hoped and man, that was that was a rough year for them because they invested in Cordy Glenn, moved back, and then you get Billy Price and man, neither of those guys really gave you what you wanted out of them for sure. I, I think I think someone said on Twitter though because like that that trade it allowed Buffalo to, to what? It allowed them to move up to 12, right? And then they moved up to take Josh Allen. And also Tampa Bay took like Vita Bay, who became like an integral part mm-hmm. of their Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. So the Bengals helped two teams really <laughs> redefine themselves, and all they got oh. out of it was Billy Price. 
Hey. You nailed hey. it, John. D- John, dude. I'm I mean, I, I just stole it from Twitter, year. but. <laughs> You're on fire, bro. I mean, literally. I, I can see smoke coming off your shoulders. That's the <laughs> truth. Like, that, that was the best way to. I've heard it put right there. Just simple. Simple. Well, I'm definitely, I'm definitely gonna have to go back and and, and watch the show and, and listen to the podcast again because I have no idea what you said because I lo- I lost my connection so <laughs> off my own show. Wow, well, so. just <laughs> gold. It was podcast I'm sure, gold. I'm sure. Oh, of course. Dude, I, there was the Hall of Fame. John just put himself at the top. So <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeff. I, I don't want to tell you. Yeah, that's what happens. That's what happens. You know. All right. Let's see here. Uh, okay, Keith. Uh, Anthony, why is Tyler Vogus? Vogus, wide receiver at USC rated so low. He looks so talented on tape. Uh, Tyler Vaughn's. He is a talented player. Um, My understanding with it is that he's just, unfortunately, he's kind of an afterthought because he played in an offense behind Michael Pittman, behind Amon Ross St. Brown, who are getting a little bit more run, but he is an athletic guy, probably a guy you can get on day three as an athletic flyer and the thing is with Amon Ross St. Brown as opposed to Tyler Vaughn's is I, th- I think you get a little bit more special teams contributions from St. Brown. He's done some punt returns in his time with the Trojans. So, you know, and then Pittman was kind of the, you know, prototypical size and whatnot for, for wide receiver. And he looks to have a, a pretty bright future. So, uh, you know, Vaughn's, I, I like him. Unfortunately, I just think that, um, you know, he's just been a little bit of an afterthought because of who he played behind as a, as a wide receiver. St. Brown, too, is a, you can kind of move him around a little bit. He did play outside. He can be a slot guy. I just think the versatility of St. Brown uh, wins out a little bit of Vaughn's. I think Vaughn's did. I'd have to look. I think Vaughn's did contribute on special teams as well. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, there's just a little bit more production from – and St. Brown, team captain, that sort of thing, um, you know, that, that kind of maybe pushes him up a little bit. But good call on Tyler Vaughn's by by Keith there. Um, you yeah. know, good player that that could be a, a sneaky good find on on day three. Yeah. So I, I got a question for you guys. Now, this is not a mock draft again. But what if you guys were – and Anthony, we did this to you a lot when you were on our show last time. If you were the Bengals <laughs> GM and you could make the picks, you know, let's just go. I don't have to go all. Let's go one, one through uh, three. First, first three picks. Well, how how would would it lay out for you? How would you like it to work for 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 you guys for the first three picks? Let's go. Just go there. John, I'm gonna have John go first. Yeah, all right, John, go ahead. Um, GM John, I would I would go GM Chase John. first. Um, just get that out of the way. And then mm-hmm. I would just look at my board, see which is the top offense lineman that's there. Um, I would consider trading back to see if I can still get one that I really like in at least like the middle of the second round. Uh, if I don't really have an offer, I'll just take the best one and just move on. I think ideally um, you get a guy that can play guard, but then swing out to tackle. So you're not really forced to then take another offense lineman in round three, but if it if it so ends up being that way, and there's another really good offense lineman in round three, you you would have to consider that. And if it's not an offensive lineman in, at three, that's probably an edge rusher. And um, I believe someone in our in your guys's comment section mentioned the Houston edge rusher Peyton Turner as a guy who's been linked to the Bengals. Uh, if he's there in round three and they feel comfortable about the offensive line of the draft in round two, I feel like he would be one of the favorites to be picked there. So it's just a matter of if he's going to be there, right? So I, I think he would be a prime target for me. In round three, if I'm if I'm not interested in double dipping offensive lineman that early, but I feel like for the most part, everyone's plan is about that is about that as long as they're just committed and accepting the fact that it's probably going to be chased at five. 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I am, uh, like I said, I kind of wanted, I think I want Sewell maybe a tiny bit more than Chase, but I think when you look at the kind of the draft holistically and you see the the deep positions in the draft, the top end talent at certain position groups, I, th- I think that's why Chase does make a, maybe even a little bit more sense in some ways because of the wide receiver group. Um, but I, I think if you go Chase and then you go offense, I mean, I, I think with those first three picks, what, what are the weak areas of the team, right? Right now it's wide receiver, sort of. I mean, it's just top heavy. Uh, you got yeah. you got Boyd and, and Higgins, but and you got Tate lingering out there who's kind of a, a wild card. But, you know, wide receiver needs some help. Offensive line obviously needs some help. We talked about edge rusher. I mean, I think if you address th- those three position groups within your first handful of picks, that's a win. I would not be surprised, though, if the Bengals get, go either two wide receivers within those first three or four picks – two offensive linemen within those first three or four picks, just kind of depending on who's there. I just think that they really want to, uh, to John's point earlier, they left a really, really sizable free agency hole at wide receiver. And that may be because they want to really dip into the draft and have a lot of young guys under contract that are talented at the wide receiver position group. I, I, I would not be shocked if there were two wide receivers taken by the Bengals within the first four picks that they have in this in this draft. And then maybe the other two are, are offensive linemen and they forego edge edge rusher. But, um, you know, again, it's need versus BPA. Right. And you don't want to be reaching for for certain right. players. So, well, the problem, to, to me, in my opinion, the problem with the edge rusher is there's not a lot of high quality ones in yeah. this draft. So I think it's going to be in and the bay and it's it's a priority for the Bengals. But to me. Offensive line and wide receiver are, you know, one and one A. So the edge, I think they want to do it, but like you said, they're not they're not gonna reach for them. So it might be, you know, when you third and fourth round best best player available. Hopefully it's an edge, but I, I would be kind of be surprised. I hope I'm wrong, but I, that's why I'd be surprised. Um I had a here you go, crown head actually question here. What about uh, Jackson Carmen from Clemson? Yeah, Johnny. Um, not just from Clemson, but from Fairfield, Ohio. So he, there you he, was, go. he was a Bill West rival right right there for the Fairfield uh, football team. Yeah, I think he spurned Ohio State in the recruiting process and chose Take to go to that, Clemson. Jeremy. And then <laughs> I know all about it. Yeah. So then he started three years protecting Trevor Lawrence's blind side. I feel like had he tested, uh, I think he I think he underwent some type of procedure in January, so he wasn't able to. Do any athleticism testing at Clemson's pro day? Had he tested, though, I think he would be a lock for the second round. This is a guy who's 21. He's got a lot of experience. He's got great size and he's got great, great movement ability. Um, but just like most other offensive linemen in this class, he doesn't have that great of length. I don't think he has 33 inch arms, and that may persuade teams to move him inside the guard. But I think if he's there in round three, and the Bengals, I guess, already drafted an offensive lineman in round two, they see a guy who grew up in Cincinnati who's young, can be molded. By Frank Pollock, they would be very interested in them. Yeah, you know now. Oh, good, Jeremy. Oh, go ahead, buddy. Well, I'll just gonna say in the question here, and brought this to pretty much everybody's been on my show this week, and with Frank Pollock being the offensive line coach now, do you guys think that the Bengals are putting too much emphasis on having Frank Pollock and the impact that he can have on this offensive line as to what they have or haven't done? you know, as far as getting players in this, this off season. So to answer that specific question you pulled up there by William is, is the offensive line going to be a lot better because of Frank Pollock? Yes, but it is dangerous for the team to put all of the eggs in that basket without, mm-hmm. and, and what I mean by that is not taking 
one of these talented names, whether it's at number five, top of round two, I guess if it, they start slipping to round three or, or some combination uh, of that, maybe two players based based on those first three rounds, they, they just can't afford to do that. Between the rental right. deals that they have at certain spots on the line, Trey Hopkins being injured, Jonah Williams, I like Jonah Williams, but he's he's been injured a lot. I mean, yet, look, I mean, Frank Pollock's going to make a difference. There was a specific emphasis in bringing him back, giving him that run game coordinator designation. That was something that Sean McVay had. He had specific passing game coordinators and run game coordinators in the Rams offense. If you remember, Shane Waldron was a guy that the Bengals interviewed along Mm -hmm. with Zach Taylor, who was a Rams assistant. He was their passing game coordinator. This is something that Zach Taylor is taking from that McVay Rams style that they've built over there. And, and emphasizing that. And I think rightfully so, because the run game has really been, I think, inconsistent is being kind in calling it right. that over the past couple of seasons. So, yes, I personally, I think Frank Pollock is going to make a difference. I think he's going to mine a lot of talent out of there, but he's there needs to be more talented bodies yes. brought in and young guys to be molded uh, for him to work with. Yeah. And my thing with it is, you know, the, the way the line played last year and it really the year before even, it, it didn't just hurt Burrow, but it hurt Mixon and our running game really bad as well. And the numbers for a wide receivers, I mean, A.J. Green, I, I don't care if the guy had one leg. He could go out there and probably put up better numbers than what he did last year. I hate, hate to see it. I hated to see what I saw anyway, but I – Why do you keep talking about it? <laughs> Because I love, I love AJ, love him. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> but I do got one more question for you guys, and then Jeff can ask you whatever, and you go from there. But I just got to know something it. from y'all. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, hold on, Jeff. I might put you in, you know, timeout. Okay. So, so. Um, second round. Okay, we take Sewell. Period. Take Sewell. We're going to the second round. We're, we're no I, first round. We're taking Sewell. Right. Second right. round, Sewell. We got him. He's locked up. Half the fans are mad. Half are happy. Doesn't matter. Do you guys then go and try to find a Rashad Bateman if he's still there? A Kadarius Tony who I didn't really like his hands uh, when 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 he was at his pro day. Uh, there's a lot of different guys that are out there. I wonder what. What would you guys do? Would you be looking for that wide receiver or would you just go ahead and go for best player available and not reach for anything? If you even think Bateman or those guys are a reach. In this order, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, Terrace Marshall. If if I can't get one of those three guys, then I'm not taking a receiver. I think it's as simple as that. And I don't think, and I don't, I definitely don't think all three of them are going to be there. I would doubt that. I would doubt that two of them are there. Maybe one of them is there, right? I think Moore has a good chance going in the first round. Marshall has this weird thing with his knee, so that that's popping up now. And I feel like Bateman is very polarizing as a guy who could go in either round. So if one of those three is there, I would take them. If not, I would look at another position and just kind of punt on receiver until next year. Okay. Yeah, that, that would. That's a great point, and, and that may per, they, that may provide them a trade back scenario that we talked about earlier, right? Like they may they may go offensive line, and then they're staring at some of these wide receivers. Maybe some of the names that John mentioned are gone, and they go, "Well, the value's not there." 
So maybe we move back, collect another pick or two, and then we take a guy maybe later in the second round, one, one of those names or another name. Maybe we wait till round three or four. Maybe they just go heavy at offensive line at that point. Uh, and you just kind of say, you know what, we're going to protect the hell out of uh, up front and we're going to run the ball and punt, like, like John said, punt the ball to next year's draft for a premier wideout talent. Maybe you get one of these lesser guys round three, round four, in terms of lesser talent to those of Chase and Marshall and whatnot, but guys that can still help you on a uh, somewhat consistent basis. But, you know, it's again, to me, you don't, I don't want this team, even though they have a lot of glaring needs on their roster, I don't want them reaching for players at spots where you go, oh man, that's just, you know, right. that's a desperation pick. You don't want that. Well, one of the things is we got too many needs on this team to reach, you know. So it, it's kind of like you know, if you pick, pick the best player available at that position, most likely it's going to improve our team because we're going to need an upgrade at that spot. So I want to get to it's uh, six twenty-five here. I want to get one last question. Let you guys go. I appreciate you, and I know you guys got to get to your own show. Big but uh, Jennifer, the the queen of Houday Nation, wants to know: uh, Do you see us bringing back Gino or Josh Bynes? Uh, maybe, <laughs> uh, 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 I, both probably not. Uh, I, I think either would, I mean, obviously here we are a day before the draft, but either, either of those guys would definitely be after the draft, if not far after the draft, let the dust settle, see what teams do, what, you know, what players, the Bengals themselves got in the class and, and how they want to round things out. Um, I don't know which one would be more likely. I, I could see an argument for, for either to be brought back uh, and, and which one is more likely, but it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know. Maybe John's got, got a little bit more clarity on it than I, than I do, but this is, those are, those are more summertime moves. I think um, right. you know, right. as, as we get to closer to training camp and things yeah, like we're, that, we're, we're, kind of- we're, we're all in draft. We're all in, our brands are on draft mode right now. So yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. It's That's a good like, question oh, though. Oh, I, I can't, can't that right now. <laughs> Good, John. What do you got, man? Um, so something I don't do often is that I, I don't make like ridiculous predictions on other people's shows, but I feel like I should because I don't really have a lot of accountability when I'm just a guest. So I'm just <laughs> going to say go. right now <laughs> that like, if, the ba- if, if the Bengals don't draft a defensive tackle in this draft, and they very well might not, I think Geno Atkins is going to get brought back. There was It was being alluded to, I think, on Bengals.com by Jeff Hobson that that door is still open. And you got to think, like, if they don't – I mean, this defensive tackle class is not renowned to – not known to be really deep or just really talented. So there's no really need to really force that pick. They're obviously still interested in right. adding to that room, but if they don't find a guy that they like, just bring back the guy that you know for one more year, see if Gino can just give you one more solid year. They obviously still think he has something left. It was all really the injury. That's that's why they were in the situation in the first place. But I think if they don't draft one, I think Gino does eventually get brought back if he doesn't sign with another team, obviously. Yeah, my thoughts with, with Gino, I think it wouldn't be a bad idea to try bring him back. He should bring him back for less money. And he was injured all last year. So hopefully he comes back, he's healthy, and he comes somewhat close to not not old Gino, but give you something there would be would be great, I think. But anyway, it's almost 630, and I appreciate you guys coming on. You were do, you did an hour for us, and it is draft night. So I know you guys – or not draft, draft eve, and you guys are busy. And you guys to be busy tomorrow night. You guys, are you guys going live tomorrow night? Uh, during the draft at all? Are we, John? <laughs> uh, I think we are. 
Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be doing we'll be doing some stuff. Uh, whether That's it's cool. John and John and myself, or the other the other members of the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel, which is if you guys know, I'm sure you know the Ace and Zim from Orange Is the New Black, and Matt Minnick, who does Chalk Talk. Never heard and, of those guys. Yeah, I know they've been on your show, right? Um, so yeah, uh, I think we're gonna kind of tag team it, collaborate, do separate stuff. I think we're gonna kind of do a lot, of, and then of course, John and uh, Jason Markham are gonna spearhead a lot of the writing stuff going on uh, at CincyJungle.com. So we're we're gonna have a lot going on. Uh, I'm still kind of finalizing the schedule on that because a lot of people have a lot of moving parts. But yeah, uh, tell me about. It. I've been, we're gonna do a lot. I've been, yeah, I've been trying to get somebody to come, come on with me. I said about going live, but. I, I everybody's booked up, so like, mm. I might just be doing my my. I might be the pre-show, you know, to the draft. To, uh, everybody else is going live draft <laughs> night because I've I've, I've messaged everybody that that I've had on show. Hey, can you come on the draft night? Oh, I'm going on this show. Oh, I can't. I'm already doing this. I'm like, well, damn it. He's not <laughs> mentioning be- that I've apologized a hundred times. He's not telling you guys. Well, that. I, look, I, I, I was I was trying to get a draft expert, not a dime bag. Oh, here we are. <laughs> on that note i'll let you guys go and I, as always i appreciate you guys coming on and who day yeah thank you who day thank, thank you guys, guys. yeah <laughs> that is a blast always yeah oh those guys are awesome i i i enjoy all those guys from from cincy jungle the, uh, zim ace john oh. anthony all those guys are awesome they they, they are they are great. They're fun. They come on the show a lot. So I, I appreciate them. It's a family. Every time I get a chance to come yeah. on. Yeah. It's a big family, man. And we're, 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 we're like the, the stepchildren of them. <laughs> well, we're, 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 we're getting up there in the world. I don't shore side yourself. <laughs> and like I said, dude, I'm just a guy with a YouTube channel. So, hey, man. All right, just, guys. Just, just huh? a little. Whoop, whoop. Hello. Hello. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> See, we gotta stop doing the inside joke because nobody knows what we're talking about. I know, right? I know. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, I'll get to the Facebook groups that let us uh, live stream. I appreciate every single one of you guys. It's Who Day Nation, a great Bengals group. Go check them out. Fun, interactive. Cincinnati Reds riding third, heading for home. Hopefully, the Reds are winning. I know they were losing, I think, two nothing when I came on the air, so I don't know what they're doing right now. Um, Bearcat Country, well, one of the best Bearcat groups around. Ohio State Bucknuts, Gretchen, I will be messaging you later. <laughs> I still haven't done that one thing I was supposed to do yet. Um, and the Ice Bar, it's a virtual page, a virtual bar. You can come there, sit down, have a beer, drink, chill out, talk sports, and phone me and dime back here. And then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, on my Facebook, I have 1,030 likes, followers at 1,118, and Twitter followers, I'm at 445. I'm getting close. I'm still not a ton of people there. YouTube, we're like I said, we are over 1,000. We're at 1,040 subscribers. That is unbelievable. I appreciate you guys a ton for subscribing to the show, liking the show, making posts about the show, sharing the show, doing everything you guys are doing for me. I appreciate all of it, and I could not have done this without you guys and your support. So I, I, as always, appreciate you guys. And other than that, Jeremy, not known as Dimebag Dean. Get your elbows roll on out of here. I sure will, man. 
I always just am excited, and my gosh, the draft is tomorrow. I Woo-hoo! mean, we just had John and Anthony, and yeah, it, it just it, my it, internet's been been crazy night because it's been storm. I just but, got knocked off my own damn show. <laughs> but it did, dude, you're right back on. Every you know what? It was awesome, and I hope everybody enjoyed it. And as I look through my notes here, I can't see anything else. So I guess, as always, everybody all together now. Remember one thing and one thing only, and that is they may be drafting in Cleveland, but you live in Cincinnati. Who day, baby? Let's go. Exactly. Who day? Happy draft eve. Hope the Reds win. And that's the sports, baby. See ya!